We trace the history of our subject to the date when the man who many regard as its founder, Rudolf Ludwig Karl Virchow, who, building on the work of Theodor Schwann, enunciated the cell theory, omnis cellular acellular, each cell stems from another cell, which arguably led to the concept of cellular pathology. Now, whether he did or not is a moot question. In fact, there is evidence that he plagiarised the work of Robert Raymack, who first discovered that the origin of cells was by the division of pre-existing cells. Even his famous epigram may not be his own. It was, in fact, first coined by Francois Vincent Raspail. That apart, he obviously did a good job, particularly on the public relations field. The present annual review issue of the Journal of Pathology, published some 150 years after Verkov's seminal book, Cellular Pathology, underlines its importance. The process of what we now call cell biology make up the foundation of our understanding of the mechanisms of disease. Naturally, with the elucidation of the human genome and the growing ability to analyse whole human genomes, our knowledge of the molecular aberrations responsible for even genetically complex diseases is growing exponentially. But the identification of mutant genes or changes in the patterns of gene expression, while critical, are not sufficient to increase understanding of the mechanisms of disease. We need to understand the context-dependent functions, often also cell lineage-specific, of these many gene products, and to develop assays which make their analysis possible. It's a very reasonable bet that the growing revolution in genomics and bioinformatics will lead to a heavy dependence on cell biology, and of course, cell biologists. So in this annual review issue, we have indeed collected a pantheon of leading cell biologists whose work impinges directly on importance of disease mechanisms. Cell-cell communication via chemokines is important in controlling the movement of multiple cell types and their role in malignancy, where chemokines and their receptors control cell trafficking within the tumour microenvironment, contribute to the nature of the myeloid component of the tumour stroma, to angiogenesis and the makeup of the myofibroblast fibroblast stroma. Disruption of cell-cell connectivity, which mediates adherence communication, particularly of desmosomes, results in severe pathology, particularly in the skin. Peterson and colleagues traced the revolution in our knowledge of the function of primus cilia in the coordination of signal transduction pathways affecting entrance into the cell cycle, cell migration, and differentiation developmental homeostasis. Cells have an intimate relationship with their surroundings, and interaction with the extracellular matrix are pivotal in maintaining tissue homeostasis. The corollary is this relationship is similarly important in pathogenesis. Thus, the different scaffolds found in various tissues promote or indeed prevent invasion by malignant cells, where physical guidance is complemented by molecular guidance by integrins, chemokines, and growth factors. The biological importance of extracellular matrix cell membrane cytoskeletal interactions in skeletal muscle is underlined by inherited muscle diseases caused by mutations in genes encoding extracellular matrix proteins such as laminins, collagens, dystroglycan, integrins, dystrophin, and sarcoglycans, inducing various forms of muscular dystrophy. In cartilage, chondrocyte matrix interactions compensate for the lack of cell-cell contact. Proteoglycans and other molecules fulfill this role, and also establish gradients which regulate the epiphyseal growth plate. Mutations in genes controlling cell matrix interactions can contribute to loss of cell polarity and the development of osteochondromas and consequent secondary peripheral chondrosarcomas. There has been a resurgence of interest in epithelium mesenchymal transition, 
with a recent controversial proposal that this change must occur before neoplastic epithelial cells can invade. Disturbance of mesenchymal epithelial transition is also associated with a number of developmental abnormalities. It's therefore not surprising that WT1 has been linked to many of these. While WT1 behaves as a classic tumour suppressor gene in Wilms tumours, it also controls transitions between the mesenchymal and epithelial state of cells and is involved in the control of the mesenchymal epithelial balance of cells in a variety of disease states. Seroorganelles are of particular interest in the development of disease. Using the paradigm of storage diseases, Cox and Catherine Gonzalez explore the role of the lysosome through the finding of disordered autophagy and the generation of toxic metabolites to the exciting prospect of the development of new therapy for Gaucher disease. This reflects the surge of interest in autophagy itself, where its importance in the maintenance of cellular homeostasis, energy balance, cellular and tissue remodelling and cellular defence is now recognised, and also that defects in autophagy are involved in several pathological processes. It is now very clear that mutations in mitochondrial DNA are a relatively common cause of inherited disease. With a focus on adult neurological disease, Greaves and colleagues examined the role of mitochondrial DNA mutations in neurodegenerative diseases, ageing and cancer. Recent data also indicates that the septins, a family of GTP binding proteins, play a formidable more direct role in stabilisation of membranes by directly binding and modifying membranes. Also, their role in defining spatial asymmetry and cell polarity is becoming clearer, as is their contribution to disease. ATB binding gazette transporters are ubiquitous integral membrane proteins that actively transport ligands across biological membranes. Their dysfunction underlies a number of human genetic diseases, particularly cholestatic disorders, and also underpin resistance to antibiotics and chemotherapeutic drugs. Turning to the nucleus, mutations in nuclear lamins, long known to be essential for the maintenance of nuclear lamina, have been shown to cause a range of lesions in striated muscle, adipose tissue and peripheral nerve, the laminopathies, and recently model organisms have pointed the way towards treatments. In Fanconi anemia, there is stem cell loss, causing progressive bone marrow failure and predisposition to neoplasia. Recent work has identified a specific component of the Fanconi anemia pathway that regulates nucleases involved in DNA interstrand cross-link repair. Most mammalian somatic cells are diploid, but polyploidy results from cytokinesis failure. While polyploidy is essential for cellular differentiation and function in lineages as hepatocytes and megakaryocytes, failure or dysregulation of cytokinesis has dire consequences. The deregulation of the cell cycle causes the increased cell proliferation found in cancer and the loss of cell cycle checkpoint control promotes genetic instability have become truisms. But using these to identify prognostic and therapeutic tools remains challenging. However, Recent studies of the DNA replication initiation machinery and mitotic engine proteins in human tissues has led to the development of novel biomarkers for both prognosis and possible therapy. While synthetic nucleic acids such as antisense oligonucleotides and small interfering RNAs are in widespread use for modulating gene expression in the laboratory, their potential in treatments and factors affecting their action are now becoming apparent. Cell detachment from the matrix disrupting integrin binding induces a form of programmed cell death, anoikis. Preventing detached epithelial cells from colonizing is essential for tissue homeostasis. The molecular mechanisms controlling this process are now becoming clearer, and its role in neoplasia and epithelial mesenchymal transition defined. 
Notch signaling regulates the development and tissue hemostasis in many tissues, including the kidney, where notch helps establish proximal epithelial fate and differentiation in the renal collecting system. But notch signaling has also been associated with proteinuria and glomerulosclerosis and in tubules with fibrosis. Downstream signaling of growth factor receptors and integrins converge on the non-receptor tyrosine kinase focal adhesion kinase, deeply involved in endothelial cell biology and a recent focus of attention in the control of tumor angiogenesis, long known to be essential for tumor development. Verkov did not at first believe in cell division, but apparently had a Damascene conversion, and he republished Remax's work as his own. Understandably, this caused somewhat of a rift between them. However, if Verkov and Remax, together with Francois Vincent Respel, are looking down from some pathological Valhalla, I think they'll be well pleased with the results of the revolution in pathology they set in train.